Today, we're watching Star Trek The Next Generation to assist in a study of Data's positronic brain. Data records a log of his thoughts through a very eventful day on the Enterprise. From January 5th, 1991, it's Season 4, Episode 11, Data Day, or I said give Brent Spiner an Emmy, you cowards! <laughs> well, damn it, there goes my joke. I'm Cam, that's Dan, and we are starting a campaign for Brent Spiner's Emmys right now. He's giving to him. They're going to be posthumous at this rate. And I hate to say that, but that's what's going to happen. It ain't right. It ain't right. Nope. It ain't right. He deserves all the accolades for this remarkable character that he has created and constantly performs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, his Patrick Stewart impression is remarkable. Ooh, that's... Almost as good as yours. <gasps> Stop. <gasps> uh... <laughs> Just got to give you a little ego stroke every time before we start. <laughs> So, uh, that was a horribly underwritten intro by moi, because I write those terrible intros. They're not terrible. But a lot happens in this episode. I just was like, I can't possibly go through everything. So much. It is a very eventful day. Um, Ugh, and it's so good. (laughs) Cameron Gates McFadden tap dances in this episode. I just- And that's- actually hurt oh i know it is and i could tell by the lighting (laughs) that that was not brent spiner very often it was not but she was she was in there hoofing it she was kicking ass and taking names i don't want to be known as the dancing doctor don't make me dance (laughs) i couldn't possibly meet me at the holodeck at three (laughs) (laughs) the dancing doctor again oh okay you know this this is an iconic episode for that and that alone. But it's also iconic for so many other fucking reasons. Right? Who knew Miles uh. O'Brien was straight? I didn't. <laughs> and actually, he and Keiko have a very long and fascinating relationship in Star Trek lore. Well. Because I don't know if you've seen the cast list for Deep Space Nine, but do you know who the first person who gets transferred there is? Is it Miles O'Brien? It is absolutely Miles O'Brien. With his wife? And he brings his wife. Oh, good. I was worried. I was like, oh, man, they're going to fridge her, aren't they, when he moves over on Deep Space Nine. They're going to be like, well, no, you can't have a wife anymore because we said so. <laughs> nope. Nope. She comes along. Nice. And she actually comes back a lot. Oh, good. I'm we glad. We get to see Keiko a lot because she's, she's a great character. I adore her. I adore that. I adore the day to introduce them. And, oh, I just, I, I have to stop gushing or we're not going to stop and I won't do the thing. Well, then do the thing. So here it is. <laughs> On Stardate 44390.1, while commanding the night shift aboard the Enterprise, Data composes a letter to Commander Bruce Maddox, throwback, detailing a normal day in his life with a focus on friendship. Mostly because they have continued collaboration on his positronic brain. Oh, Bruce Maddox was the guy who, like, brought the case to see if he was human or not, right? Yes, who wanted to take right. him apart to study him. Right, 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 right. He's like, you'll have to settle for being my pen pal. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's honestly pretty great. Data mentions his involvement with the impending wedding of Transporter Chief Miles O'Brien and civilian botanist Keiko Ishikawa. 
where he has been asked to give the bride away. However, when visiting Keiko, she announces that she has decided to call off the wedding, telling Data in frustration that it will make her happier. Data then delivers this news to O'Brien, believing that since O'Brien wants to make Keiko happy, he will be pleased, which he is not. Later, Data experiments with friendly insults with Jordy, who he considers his best friend. Aww. Who is getting a haircut from a barber, who's also going to come back. Jordy assures Data that the wedding will proceed as planned. Data discusses the Enterprise's mission involving Vulcan Ambassador Tepel, Sierra Peshur, who has arranged a secret meeting with a Romulan ship. Data is assigned as her escort while she is on board. Data then asks Dr. Crusher to teach him how to dance, having discovered from her service record that she won dance competitions. She agrees to instruct him on the condition that he not share this information with the rest of the crew for fear of being called the Dancing Doctor. Again. Chief O'Brien asks Data to persuade Keiko to go through with the wedding. He fails again and talks to Counselor Troy to try and understand Keiko's decision. T'Pel asks Data about the Enterprise's defense capabilities, which Data finds suspicious, but after Data informs her that he has the same safeguards as the ship's computers regarding reporting such requests to the captain. Mm. T'Pel asks Data about the Enterprise's defense capabilities, which Data finds suspicious. But after Data informs her that he has the same safeguards as the ship's computer regarding reporting such requests to Captain Picard, she drops the question, stating that she was interested only in testing Data's safeguards. Because Vulcans do not lie, Data decided not to pursue the issue. <gasps> Seeds planted. In the holodeck, Data almost instantly learns how to tap dance from Dr. Crusher before telling her that he is ready to dance at the wedding, telling him that tap dancing is inappropriate for social dancing, <laughs> which she pulls out a very good point. I don't know why. Yeah. I wish every wedding had fucking tap dancing. She attempts to instruct him in ballroom dancing, but Data finds it more difficult as he cannot watch her feet. Dr. Crusher is then called to sickbay to deliver a baby. Data is left alone with a holographic partner, which must have been Riker's programming, because... Wow. The Enterprise rendezvous with a Romulan warbird, and despite Picard's unease about the situation, T'Pel transports aboard. However, something interrupts the transporter signal, and the ambassador is killed. Finding no flaw in the system, Data uses the principles of Sherlock Holmes to come to the conclusion that T'Pel was not really killed. The Romulans beamed her to the ship themselves and left behind genetic material designed to fool the crew into thinking that she died in a transporter accident. Which, it is nice to know that that's not very common anymore, unlike it was in the original series. Slash the movies. <laughs> what was left didn't live long. Look! <laughs> I remember going, oh, God. <laughs> yep. Jesus Christ. Um, we also get to meet Data's cat, Spot. Yeah. Ugh. What the hell? Data just has a, a, a cat randomly. O'Brien has a fiance randomly. There's so much that's been happening that nobody even mentioned. Yep. For sure. Anyway, Picard speeds back to intercept the Romulans in the middle of the neutral zone. He confronts the Romulan Admiral Mendoc, played by Alan Scharf, to learn that T'Pel is actually a Romulan spy. Ugh. Which is, it's a plot point that's going to come back as well. Romulans impersonating Vulcans. Before shots are fired, another Romulan warbird appears next to the one, and three more enter the sector. Minutes away, Picard is forced to retreat into Federation space. Data approaches Keiko to make amends, but she informs him that she is not angry at him and that the wedding is proceeding as planned. Miles and Keiko are married by Captain Picard, who quotes 
the exact same words that Captain Kirk said in the episode that the Romulans were introduced in. Interesting. Ugh. Star Trek, I love you so much. Data notes that although there are many emotions that he does not understand and cannot share, he does understand the emotion of love and belonging. Later in sickbay, the captain and Data visit the newest member of the Enterprise crew, a baby born while the Enterprise was in mortal peril. And so ends Data's day. Mm. Ugh. God damn it, I love this episode. It's just, it's action-packed and structured so beautifully that it feels like I almost remembered this as a two-parter because so much happens and like it's just so organic and beautifully put together that I was like wait it's one episode how does all this happen in one episode it's it's one of the most well-written episodes we've seen so far absolutely and also features Brent Spiner in all his glory Mm -hmm. and what do you know Ronald D. Moore wrote this one well he fixed this one Looks like Harold Apter wrote it, and then Ronald D. Moore got a story credit on there, since he's the executive story editor. Yep. Ah, good old Ronnie D. <laughs> Ronnie D. Yep. The nephew anyway. of Mary Tyler Moore. Ugh. No, he's not. <laughs> he's not. <laughs> oh. Uh, but, yeah, it's... um. It's so well paced and moves through things so well as an external threat does come about in a nice fourth act surprise. Like it's, it gets to show all the facets and all the things we love about data and show him with every single member of the crew. Yep. Of the main crew. Absolutely. It's, it's the best. And they still managed to make time for an O'Brien story in there. I'm like, my God. It's just <laughs> the pacing is excellent. The first one's a little drudgerous. The one we watched the, earlier this week, like that Deanna story was was fine. But it's a little, it, it's like, oh, okay, come on. This just clipped. He just bounces from person to person. And his log running throughout was such a fun insight into his character and allowed for some more jokes. And and for cast members to use their secret talents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And wicked skills, I must say. Yeah, it turns out that Michael Dorn has an addiction to the home shopping network. So that's where that he came does. from. He does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Gush, gush, gush. Cameron, what do you love? What do you love, love, love about this? I love every single thing about this episode. It plants so many seeds that come back in big ways. I mean, we're talking full blooming space flowers here. It's... Was that a botanist joke? <laughs> it might have been. <laughs> it actually was a several layer joke, which only only hardcore Trekkies who have seen every episode will get. But you will eventually. Yay! <laughs> anyway. Um, this show is just making me into your ideal friend, isn't it? That's all this is designed to do. You bet your ass. <laughs> Smart. Pretty, clever, Trekkie. That's all I need. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> At least in Friends. <laughs> Continue. And of course, loving me for me. <laughs> just like Data loves every member of his crew. I, yeah, I just adore this episode. It's it's structure. It's incredibly heavy plot point that didn't he- feel heavy at all. I mean, it's just, 
getting to see Nightwatch for the first time. Because, like, of course Data does Nightwatch. Why wouldn't he? He doesn't need to sleep. I loved him hanging out and bonding and just seeing every member of the main crew. It's so good. And I love getting to meet Keiko finally. And I love that there are botany labs on the Enterprise. That makes me very happy. It's a throwback to the hand glove. To Sulu! I was like, <laughs> oh, is this a... I wrote in my notes, is this a subtle nod to Sulu? You bet your ass. Mm-hmm. I love the holodeck dance studio. I love that Beverly's first dance studio was so bougie. <laughs> oh, of course. Come on. <laughs> I mean, she is a doctor. I love that she is self-conscious about it, but is also amazing. I actually loved Troy's interactions with Data. I love that he thought about getting married eventually. That's a wonderful little bit of character insight. Mm-hmm. I love that cold feet still appear in the 24th century. That's one thing I haven't personally experienced, but I know it exists a lot. I love that the Romulans are a subplot and that we get to meet a Vulcan ambassador who is a secret spy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just, it's so interesting because we're programmed to know that Vulcans can't lie, but because she's a Romulan, she lies. <laughs> So good. So good. I love that we get to meet Mendoc. I love that we get to see a baby born. Yeah, I just, I love so much about this episode. It's it's exceptional. But, I mean, I could just keep gushing. What do you love about this episode, Dan? I love following Data for a whole day. I love, hate Romulans, as you know. I like that they're being dastardly. And I... <laughs> I'm looking forward to somebody being some Vulcan being like, you can't tell us apart. Wow, you racists. <laughs> <laughs> looking forward to that quite a bit. That's that feels like a lower decks joke ready to happen. Um, it really does feel like a lower decks joke. But I appreciated seeing all the different aspects of data, with the exception of poker playing. That's the only thing on the data checklist that they didn't get to. I love that Jordy's his best friend. That we got to see him getting his hair cut, and there was a weird barber. And I love hated that somebody was just getting their hair wanded next to him. Like, someone's <laughs> just like waving a hair wand around. I'm like, what does that do? That doesn't it's changing the color, Dan. Is it? Okay. Yes. Um, the Romulan guy looked and sounded like Will Forte, and I loved that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, Miles got to have his Keiko and eat it, too. <laughs> you betcha. <laughs> the call, the, the callback, you know, quoting Kirk. This felt like a very nice homage to the original series. It really was. It's like we took the best parts of it and just polished it up a little bit. And now we have a holodeck instead of a planet that's developed just like the 1990s and has a dance studio that we're going to go to for some fucking reason. (laughs) We're on a cowboy planet. Oh, this is fun. Are you watching? A gangster planet (laughs) and a Nazi planet. (laughs) And an ancient Rome planet. Oh, my Mm -hmm. God. That Christ shows up at the end. <laughs> Jesus. Mormon Jesus. <laughs> oh, that was my favorite. My favorite thing about the original Star Trek is thinking the Mormons were right. <laughs> Who guessed yeah. Mormon? Who had Mormon? <laughs> Crazy. Um, no, this, this was a delightful romp. It really was. The dance scene with Beverly was my favorite. 
Of course it was. It's iconic. Picard with the baby was very sweet, and the marriage scene was right? very sweet. And I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing Miles and Keiko interact and be around because I'm like, well, this was a whirlwind romance because I've never even heard of her. <laughs> Who's this Keiko girl that Miles is dating? Because I've never met her. Everyone says he's got I a mean, fiance, but I've never heard of her. I don't know. <laughs> well, and like, it's just we delve into people's personal lives for the first time. Because, like, you know, Miles has been around, but like, we've never heard him say anything personal. Right. Except I don't know what so happened. <laughs> That's like the number one thing out of the transporter chief. I don't know what happened. It's crazy, right? He's just looking around <laughs> like, these guys know. These guys know. <laughs> it's crazy. It's fucking nuts out it's here, insane. man. We're in space. How weird is that? <laughs> <laughs> we haven't liquidated anyone in a long time. I feel like Miles just constantly has his mind just a little bit blown. He's like, I make people appear and disappear. This is wild. <laughs> it's fucking wild. <laughs> I hope that's the case. Mm-hmm. I hope that he is thoroughly overwhelmed with joy every single day. Mm-hmm. That's all I can wish for most people. No. Not myself, but everyone else. But it wasn't all delightfully mind-blown Miles O'Brien, was it, Cameron? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely was not. <coughs> was that transition too catty? I don't know. Ah! Uh- Uh, uh. (laughs) so what did you hate about this episode there wasn't much honestly um this introduces a long subplot which you will find out but spot is never played by the same cat twice ever so like it's just like does data keep killing cats or (laughs) is spot a magical alien cat that transforms you are spot now (laughs) I mean, eventually, Spot becomes an orange tabby, which I love. But like today's Spot was not an orange tabby. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm hoping for literally anything about the cat because Data having a cat feels like a subplot that would happen in an episode where it's like there's this stray cat on the Enterprise and eventually it ends up with Data. Great fodder for an episode. Instead, they're just like, oh, and Data has a cat now. Like, no, 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 Star Trek. I know you. That's the kind of thing you'd spend a whole episode on. <laughs> you don't just don't just be like, oh, yeah, Data has a cat and Miles has a, has a fiance. W- where have you been? I'm like, don't gaslight me, Star Trek. Don't act like this has just been here the whole time. This is brand new information. <laughs> oh, so annoying. <laughs> The other thing that bothers me, and I don't know why it bothers me, but just the casual, oh, oh, she's a Romulan now. Okay, bye. Yeah. Her just, like, she just comes into frame, and they're like, <gasps> I mean, like, literally pulling her on, on into frame. It was like, ugh, come on. It was cheap and effective, but it was like, you couldn't do anything more spectacular. Yeah. You couldn't have her be in half, you know, taking off the Vulcan costume and not in full Rom- Romulan regalia yet. I just Romulan regalia. That sounds like a punk band. Romulan regalia. Fuck yeah. <laughs> no, I just yeah the the whole switcheroony thing is a little Saturday morning cartoon in a bad way. 
Oh, no. But that's the <laughs> same one from before. But now she's in a different terrible fucking costume. <laughs> oh, did you not like the Vulcan costume? <sighs> the costumes, the scenery, the makeup, the props, all of it, Cameron. I had issues with so many things. The costumes did were really? awful. Her costume sucked both times. Romulan costumes are garbage. Oh, come on. Her Vulcan costume is a throwback to all of the movies. Yeah. And it's search for Spock. Gross! I hate that. Oh, it's outfit. so good. Come on, it's so bad. That hat. <laughs> it's all vaguely. It's like attempting to be feudal Japan, but not. And it just doesn't work for me. It just doesn't work at all. There's no consistency in the cultural garb of the Vulcans. It's just kind of all over the place. It's all kind of roby, but it's just all over the place. Go back and watch Star Trek 3 again. I think you might change your uh, mind. How dare you? I will not watch Star Trek 3 again. Don't wish that on me. <laughs> <laughs> it was suddenly the worst of the odds. It was, it was the worst of times. It was the worser of times. Yeah, since you made me come around to five. God, who are you? What have you done to me? I don't know. Um, I also did not care for... I really, really did not care for the utterly psychotic smile on Data's face in the dance scene. That was the <laughs> stuff of nightmares. It looked like Beverly was dancing with a scarecrow that was going to kill her. I loved it. It made me laugh out loud. <laughs> Both times. It's It's so scary. It's not like... <laughs> I don't know how to smile. It's like, I'm going to eat your face. That's that look. I loved it. I thought it was great. <laughs> Did it not make you laugh at all? It made me go, huh. <laughs> and then the second time I clutched my non-existent pearls. Did you? Mm-hmm. I went, ah, it's still there. Why? <laughs> yeah. I also forgot to mention I love everyone was wearing dress uniforms for the wedding, too. I thought that was lovely. Yeah, the the wedding scene was great, and the dress uniforms are always always a pleasant surprise. I love a good tunic. You know me. Um, but I do. I just, I just have to ask, are the Romulans ever going to get better? Because I'm just worried that this is like it. The Romulans are just going to kind of be terrible. They're just like, we're bad because we say we're bad. And look at our warbirds. They're the coolest thing about us. Our costumes are terrible. And we are like Vulcans, but with emotion and can lie. And that's our whole deal. And the Klingon culture will get more and more intricate and more and more involved. And the Romulans are going to be like, but we're real bad. Look at our bowl cuts. <laughs> I mean, they do get better. <laughs> I do not like how long that pause was. <laughs> I think you're either <laughs> lying to yourself or me or both. Nope, nope. They do get better. And it's, they also become fascinating and intricate, but not nearly as much so as the Klingon. I'll and the soon-to-meet enemy that you will in the next episode. <gasps> <gasps> but also we had uh, more, you know, TOS throwbacks and problems in they going into the neutral zone. I'm like, oh, this is a, this is a real original series kind of episode. <laughs> And really we're going is. into the neutral zone. Not so neutral anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the Enterprise is the only ship within range. Mm -hmm. Seems like the chaotic neutral zone. It's a little Dungeons and Dragons joke for no one but me. Um, 
<laughs> I mean, I got it. I just, I love data. I love what's going on. I'm just tired of the Romulans being lame. I, the promise is that they are this vastly superior force that we have a ceasefire with. And the Klingon Empire fell or got into a treaty with the Federation in like less than spectacular fashion. And I'm just worried that the Romulans are going to be the same thing where it's just like, mm, I guess it's fine now. Oh, yeah. I mean, I did want to know more about T'Pol. How did she get there? Like, did she just say she grew up on some random Vulcan desert far away from people and wanted to make peace? Her, her lifelong ambition was to become an ambassador for the Federation. I don't know, but I think a few crates of clothes from H&M could really go a long way with developing better relationships with the uh, with the Romulans. Just give them fucking anything else to wear, and the, I think they'll be like, oh, clothes cannot be awful. This is great. <laughs> Skinnies and sweaters, Dan. That's where it's at. <laughs> Skinnies and sweaters. Sweaters. <laughs> uh, but, you know, Cameron. Yes, Dan. As much as I detested these costumes, you know what I did like? The quotes. I did like that quote. Beautifully written. Let's get to it, shall we? Human bonding rituals often involve a great deal of talking and dancing and crying. Yes! <laughs> Which is the truth. It's amazing. The safest and most logical decision in this situation is to contact Starfleet and await further instructions. However... Based on past experience, I project only a 17% chance Captain Picard will choose that alternative. Red alert! All hands stand to battle stations! <laughs> so good. Data being like, well, this is what he should do, but I think I know what he's gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> and he did. <laughs> Commander Riker's easygoing manner and sense of humor is fascinating to me. I believe it is one reason he is so popular among the crew. It may also be partly responsible for his success in matters of love. There may be a correlation between humor and sex. The need for more research is clearly indicated. <laughs> As Riker's like chatting up somebody on the bridge and then walks around and gives her another look over his shoulder, they make eye contact again. I'm like, he just, Riker gonna Rike. He's just too busy. <laughs> Charming woman. <laughs> the tone of Commander Riker's voice makes me suspect he is not serious about finding Ambassador Tapel charming. My experience suggests that, in fact, he may mean the exact opposite of what he says. Irony is a form of expression I have not yet been able to master. Like, just top notch data. There are still many human emotions I do not fully comprehend. Anger, hatred, revenge. But I am not mystified by the desire to be loved or the need for friendship. These are things I do understand. I could be chasing an untamed ornithoid without cause. <laughs> T-shirt. <laughs> <sighs> Chasing an untamed ornithoid without cause. My friend, Chief O'Brien, often says that above all else, 
He wants to make Kiko happy. Since canceling the wedding will make her happy, I must conclude the chief will be pleased at her decision. I have good news. Oh? Kiko made a decision designed to increase her happiness. She has canceled the wedding. She what? Canceled the wedding? Today? Without even a word of all the childish, selfish, irresponsible things to do. Or... She what? She canceled the wedding today without even a word of all the childish, selfish, irresponsible things to do. Next time, maybe I should deliver the good news. <laughs> Commander Maddox, it would appear that my program designed to predict emotional responses needs adjustment. <laughs> there are many ways to help a friend, and sometimes the best way is to leave them alone. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Friendly insults and jibes, another form of human speech that I am attempting to master, in this case, with the help of Commander Geordie LaForge. I consider Geordie to be my best friend. Here for a trim. My hair does not require trimming. You lunkhead. What? <laughs> my hair does not require trimming. Lunkhead? I am experimenting with friendly jibs and insults. It was not meant as a serious <laughs> disparagement. <laughs> well, just don't try it on the captain. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite. <laughs> you lughead. I have found Holmes' methodology of deductive reasoning to be quite useful. One of his adages is that once you have eliminated the impossible, whatever remains, however improbable, must be the truth. I've often wished for a sense that humans call intuition or instinct. Since Vulcans are incapable of lying, I must accept the ambassador's explanation as the truth. But I would still prefer a gut feeling to back this conclusion. The risks aboard a starship are accepted by all who serve, but I have never failed to observe a deep emotional response to the loss of a comrade. It is at times like this that I greatly miss the ability to share human feelings. Some days you get the bear, and some days the bear gets you. Yeah, it does, Daddy. Hmm. <laughs> if being human is not simply a matter of being born flesh and blood, if it is instead a way of thinking, acting, and feeling, then I am hopeful that one day I will discover my own humanity. Until then, Commander Maddox, I will continue learning, changing, growing, and trying to become more than what I am. Yes. I shed a single tear. Since the days of the first wooden sailing ships, all captains have enjoyed the happy privilege of joining together two people in the bonds of matrimony. And so it is my honor to unite you, Kiko Ishikawa, and you, Miles Edward O'Brien, together <laughs> in matrimony. Together in patriarchy. <laughs> together in what? patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking shit. Ugh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dan. I just... I love it so much. It's a great one. It's a really great one. Iconic, for sure. How many... Misidentified transporter remains? No, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say Dr. Crusher triple time steps would you give this episode. Ooh, <laughs> that's one of your best ones yet.
I would give this four and a third. So four triple time four steps and, and then a regular time step. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, how many how many of the three uh, point three 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 decimal points do you want that to go to? Because it goes to infinity. Uh, point three, 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 four. Well, this episode is one of my fives, so you get to deal with it too. <laughs> deal with it. <laughs> deal with it. I just, I adore it so much. I know it's not quite perfect, but it's really fucking close, and it's so good. I adore the explorer. This shit, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorites. And I hope it's one of yours, too, mm-hmm. dear listeners. We have loved it, hated it, quoted it, and rated it. And that just leaves one last thing for us to do. That's for me to wish you all to not just have a great week, but to make it so. And for Dan to say, keep on trekking. On start at 443. Four, Fuck! As a serious... Dispar- <laughs> Jordy assures uh, Oh, 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 so much, so much happens in this episode. Okay. And trekking and trekking and trekking and trekking, 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 fucking trekking, motherfucking trekking, 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 fucking trekking, Motherfucking. Motherfucking trick. Motherfucking trick. Trek, 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 down for what? A secret weapon production.